Buckle up, folks. It's about to get spooky. Cue theme tune. I can't remember how the theme tune goes. And then the theme tune goes in. Welcome, foolish mortals, to an internet radio show which we have written upon the back of the Declaration of Independence. This is a show in which we impose a statute of limitations on grieving the death of your child. <laughs> Can I try one? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, this is a podcast in which we gaze out of the window and the jump scare! <laughs> It's a spooky jump scare. It's a spooky it's a spooky time of the year. Spooky time. It's spooky it's nearly Halloween. It is nearly Halloween. So of course we've got to watch a Halloween themed Nick Cage film. Yes. So Apparently this, we have. This week it's Pay the Ghost. Pay the Ghost. My name's Callum. My name is Chelsea. And uh, welcome to the show. Hello. Uh Chelsea. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about the plot of Pay the Ghost? Okay, so 400 years ago, people from Britain go to colonise America, but we're going to ignore that bit, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and the all the guys, when bad things start happening, blame the first woman they see, who happens to be an Irish woman who follows Celtic traditions, but only the creepy ones. And uh, they burn her alive and her children. And she comes back as a ghost and haunts Nicolas Cage so that she can steal his child. Yeah. That's basically it. We're going to steal Nicolas Cage's child. <laughs> it's reverse national treasure. Yeah, it's not the Declaration yeah. of Independence or the President. <laughs> it's Nicolas Cage's child. We're not going to kidnap child. the President. We're going to kidnap, kidnap Nicolas, Nicolas Cage's, Cage's child, child and send him to hell. So, yeah, we were looking for a Halloween themed Nick Cage film mm-hmm. to watch. And I was disappointed to learn that. Nicholas Cage, Ron Perlman vehicle, Season of the Witch. Sounds like a Halloween film, right? I don't believe it is. I believe it's literally just called Season of the Witch because there's witches in it and that's a famous witchy oh. phrase. I mean, it's so vaguely Halloween, not... but it's not actually... I wanted a film set at Halloween. Oh, okay. Rather than just, just a, spook. a spooky... Because Nicholas Cage has been in countless spooky films. Yeah, I mean, we've watched Mandy. Before this podcast started, yeah. that, that would count. We could have watched Mandy. We could have watched Colour Out of Space. We could have watched, you know, G-Force again. That was spooky. But we didn't, did we? No. no we watched this pile of shit instead. Hey. Okay. It's not a pile oh, of shit. Right. Okay, it's not a pile of shit. It's incredibly and that... bland and adequate is what yeah. it is. Yeah. It's not a pile of shit. I will very tentatively say it's not a pile of shit. It is. It does still reek of shit. Oh, it's it's cheap and it's bad. It's very near to a pile of shit. But people are trying, and I would say Nicolas Cage is trying in this film. Apart from when he has to show any emotion. Well, I that's what I was about to say. I say I think for a Nicolas Cage performance, there is a variety of motions available. But he's only doing about five percent of them. Oh, he's not doing any of them particularly great. But he is doing emotions. And at that point, at this stage in this podcast, that's good enough for me. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to recalibrate mm. what I'm expecting from these films. Because so far, 
I haven't found many that I've actually enjoyed. What ones have you enjoyed so far? Um, God, can you, can done? you, podcast um, listeners, can you guess that there's not a lot to talk about with this film? Yeah, gee, uh, I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> this is... Anyway, what, what, what Nick Cage ones have you enjoyed? Um, let's have a look. I enjoyed, I kind of enjoyed Adaptation. Yeah. You know, I think that was... I think the thing that annoyed you about Adaptation more than anything was the Charlie Kaufman of it all. Yeah. But that's not Nicolas Cage's fault. No, I thought he was quite good in it. Yeah. Um, And overall, apart from You're not the... allowed to say Moonstruck. Because... I'm going to say Moonstruck because it has Cher in it. <laughs> but that's a Cher film, not a Nick Cage film, is he it? He was really? in it. It counts. Um, I... Also enjoyed Raising Arizona. I was about to I did say, like I feel like Arizona. you did enjoy Raising Arizona. And I mean, looking back in retrospect, National Treasure 2 was a lot better than some of the other shit we've looked at. So uh, that we gave it credit for, yeah. That's in my top five at this point, honestly. Yeah. Who would have thought it? Well, this is this is an interesting turning point, I think, for the podcast. Do you think? Because Pay the Ghost is the first film where I'm not 100% sure whether it got a cinema release or not. Mm-hmm. I oh, think... We're into digital streaming age. I think age. this might have been straight to DVD. I'm not sure, but I don't remember seeing this available in the cinema. I think this is the first time we venture into... The, the the shit the real shit cage films the, the quick release i need to pay my bills yeah i need bills. to pay my taxes because i bought the first edition of the superman comics and a, and a voodoo <laughs> skull or whatever he fucking spent his money on um well there was an article that popped up on imdb when i was looking at the frankly awful trivia available for this film oh it's like three bits of trivia and one of them is like it's a film so the picture moves (laughs) i don't know like it's awful yeah there's nothing um there was an article that popped up that said nicholas cage has made 27 feature films in the last five years 27 and that this this might have been the first of those in the last how many years five years five years this was released in 2015 was it so this could have been the first of the first of the 27 the first of those 27 join us next week for number two (laughs) (laughs) um yeah pay the ghost um is um is the ghost part of a union how does he like his money does he like bank transfer i don't remember invoicing the ghost i don't remember invoicing the ghost (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) let me look at my notes so we start off really. Mm-hmm. We've got that little flashback thing, that sort of um, prelude to start the events, mm-hmm. which was boring because Nicolas Cage wasn't in it. And then we <laughs> established that Nicolas Cage is um, archetypal liar, liar dad. Yeah. Which means he is a dad from the 80s slash 90s and he just works too hard and he's never there to see his kid at the baseball game, etc., etc. But the kid still loves the dad. More than he and loves the mum. The, the other the other best example of the lie liar dad is the jingle all the way dad. <laughs> um, One of my favourite cinematic dads, I have I, to say. I can't wait till Christmas. I wish <laughs> Nicolas Cage was in Jingle All the Way, because I'd love to do I think Maybe we'll do a trick or treat I, in December. But yeah. since we can't trick or treat physically this year, yeah. because of the whole virusy shitstorm. What? Yeah. Yeah, go on. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you're listening to this in the future, just in this. <laughs> Wait, what? At what point in the future do you think they're not gonna know? What? I don't think there's a future where podcasts still exists and are still relevant, and people don't know about the virus. Oh no, post-apocalyptic future. It's all just podcasters sat in their houses. Do you reckon we, we trade? We we money is irrelevant, and we trade with podcasts. <laughs> USB sticks full of old podcast recordings of money now. What the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> Jingle, Jingle all the way. way. Of course, Nicholas Cage podcast. Jingle all the way. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, yes, we should do that. We should do a Christmas trick or treat in which we grace the listeners with Jingle All the Way instead of a Nicholas Cage film. Well, you see, I think there is a Christmas set Nicholas no, Cage no, no, film I no, can do. I don't care. I'm done with Nicholas Cage. Tough. Damn, we've I thought that like, was going to work this time. We've got at least 26 more films to do for the last five <laughs> years, mate. We've got loads of work oh, on Oh, man, ahead. just take a fucking holiday, please. Let us catch up a bit. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so he's, he's a Nicholas... He's a he's a liar, liar dad. Mm-hmm. And he misses his son's nothing in particular, but they were going to carve a pumpkin together. Mm-hmm. And then he misses trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but he still gets to be the fun dad that takes him to the carnival when mum's already fucking said no. Yeah, mum said, we can't go to the Terrible. carnival. It's a school night. you got to go to bed. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he's tiny and it's all full of people. Just Yeah, it's like a late night. It's a late night street party. It's not yeah. explicitly mentioned that it's like boozy, but it clearly is. It's all adults and it's like one other child. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's Who's one just planted so that you get confused and think it might be Nicholas Cage. Yeah, there's child. there's one there's a rule to this alcoholic street party is that <laughs> if you come in with a child, they must be dressed as a pirate, <laughs> and you must be a bad parent. Yeah. Um, but Nicholas Cage turns up in his Halloween outfit and says, "Let's go to the carnival." <laughs> Can we talk about his Halloween outfit? Well, yeah, of course. He's a cowboy. He is a cowboy. He has forgotten his hat somewhere. I'm a cowboy, baby. <laughs> Um, I'm a cowboy, baby. Yeah, he's a cowboy. Yes. He says he. There's a little line where he goes, "Oh, I couldn't find my hat." Mm-hmm. Um. Do you think that was because Nicolas Cage didn't want to mess up his hair? Oh, clearly. Or do you think it he was cultivated because, those sideburns? Do you think it was because it was awkward to film him in that location with a hat on, like it was a dark location? So they went, "Ah, oh, if we, I mean, if he has a, is, if he locations. has a brim on." You won't be able to see his eyes properly. Yeah. All of the locations were dark locations because they just went, the darker it is, the scarier it will be. I think the reason that he's not wearing a cowboy hat mm. is because that is not a costume. That's what Nicolas Cage turned up in <laughs> in in his car to set in that day. A pair of leather chaps and, a, and an embroidered, embroidered a black shirt. and gold embroidered cowboy mm. shirt. It's a very vague cowboy costume. I mean, he had a studded holster on. Did he? Yeah, he oh. had um, a little, I don't know, guns, but a little, what I'm assuming is a handgun. Yeah. It was very small. You know, like a revolver, In... like a cowboy. Yeah. 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 I don't know. In like a studded leather holster okay. hanging precariously close to his penis, which is not good for guns, apparently. Because for me, if I was a costume designer mm. and I wanted to put Nicolas Cage in a cowboy outfit, I would probably keep the leather chaps on. Oh, would you know? But you would put him in like a a check shirt with like a leather waistcoat 
and a cowboy oh, hat. classic. A classic cowboy, cowboy outfit. No, he's going for modern rodeo cowboy, I think. Yeah, it's very, it's a, it's an odd decision. Mm. Because then, once his son gets kidnapped, he, he does like two or three emotional scenes where he's breaking down and talking to the ghost of his son dressed as a fucking modern <laughs> rodeo cowboy, which is bizarre. Whereas I thought, well, if you put him in a checker shirt and a leather waistcoat, is that can, not more bizarre? No, but he can just take the waistcoat off and it's just man in shirt. I see. Right? It's not... I mean, he is technically just man in shirt. He's just man in very embroidered shirt. It's just man... He's No, he's not it's man, man in, in shirt. man in ornate shirt. He's Nicolas Cage in shirt. <laughs> is Nicolas what he is. Cage is not man. Yeah. Nicolas, Nicolas Cage is... is a species all his own. Yeah. It's, um, it's a very bizarre choice. Mm. But on the subject of costumes, his son is dressed as a pirate. And the main part of his outfit is a stripy red and white jumper. And it turned the entire film into a Where's Wally book. Yeah, because Nicolas Cage is constantly looking for his son. (laughs) So there's lots of shots of the son, like, on a bus that's driving past or hidden behind a children's drawing that he's done (laughs) himself. I don't know. But is it, he going to pop up next? It, it does. Whenever you see him, you go, found him! Because it's like a Where's Wally book. Where's Waldo for the American it, listeners? Yeah, it just makes the... Um, it makes the it would have it would have been absolutely fine for that pirate to wear a, a blue and white striped shirt. But I just wish they'd actually gone for it and just dressed him up as Wally. Dressed him up as Waldo! That would have Where's been, Wally? That would have been great. That would have been great. That would have been... They were clearly going for something serious. Also, that would have lowered the tone, but I, I would have enjoyed it. It's something like a generic Halloween film thing that I always spot, is that there is never anyone dressed up as, like... Characters. You never see a wizard, yeah, like a Harry Potter You never wizard. see a Captain America. You a always just Solo. see a superhero. Yeah. Or, you, yeah, you see Space Cowboy, but you never see <laughs> Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you could totally spot that with this film. There wasn't any sort of egregious attempts to make him look like Iron Man, but not call him Iron Man and call yeah. him Nickel Boy or whatever. <laughs> but you could see that every, everyone was cowboys or ghosts or skeletons mm-hmm. or actual Halloween things. So much so that they use the same parade shots like, yeah. twice in the film to be the same parade a year apart. I was really hopeful. So there's a phrase that um uh, a, a group of people called Red Letter Media who do these YouTube videos used. Hold on, hold on. It's about to get nerdy. Here we go. Called Shoot the Rodeo. Yes. So when you watch a bad, particularly a cheap, low-budget film, mm-hmm. you maybe you're filming in your hometown, and one day the rodeo turns up. So you shoot the rodeo. You film that rodeo. You just quickly phone up your actors or put on the costumes, and you run out, and you just shoot some B footage of the rodeo so that it looks like your film has more budget than it actually has. This film, I saw the shot of the carnival, the street party, where the kid goes missing and went, they're shooting the rodeo. They were in New York. There was an actual, like, De Los Los Mentos or a... a, Sorry, a what? I don't know how to pronounce it. A cocoa party. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know if that's racially insensitive or not. How do do I pronounce it? Dia de los Muertos. Dio. What did I say? What did I say? I don't know. Don't think about it. Just say it's something about Mentos. It's a really minty party. It's a minty party. Or a Halloween party or whatever. A day of the dead. There's a day of the dead Mm. or a Halloween party that was happening around the corner from the shoot. And they went, great, Nick, run through there. 
and we'll get some B shots of this thing and then we'll film the rest in the planned location of the back alley by the carnival or whatever. <laughs> and actually, it turns out that a good 20 minutes of film happens there. Was it 20 minutes? Well, about, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I don't know. A lot. But a, a, a scene, a proper scene happens there with mm -hmm. coordination and things happening and jump scares and whatever. And you're like, oh, that's nice. They actually had the budget. And then at the end of the film, we end up having to go back through that carnival and it's exactly the same. Like, you can see the same. There's particularly some stilt walkers who are uh, skeletons. You can see them again <laughs> and you just go, oh, you're from last year's Halloween party as well. And oh, look, the taco stands in the same place. And that giant illuminated cobweb that hides the fact that the street is empty beyond two food trucks away is still there which is a shame because i thought oh good they haven't just shot the rodeo and the thing is they haven't but they've also the only reason they've afforded it is because they've probably gone oh we'll use it at least two or three more times yeah um but the kid goes missing mm -hmm. and then we cut to one year later yes wrong what so it says one year so he, kid goes missing on halloween night yes and then it goes one year later yes Three days before Halloween. Ugh. That doesn't make sense. I mean, but what do you want them to say? 362 days later. You just need to go. You just need to do the time jump mm -hmm. and then just have three days before Halloween. Yeah, but would that not... It's come <laughs> just before Halloween, so would not you be confused for a moment going, hold on, we've gone back in time, but he appears to now be alone. And failing at his job that he's just I, got tenure I think of. I think that the audience are cleverer than that. I think the pay the ghost audience... I'm not cleverer than that. ...are cleverer that. than that. I would have been... But confused. yeah, it should say 362 days later. That's so anal. Why are you being so anal about this? There are so <laughs> many other things to pick apart. Other than, oh, it's not quite one year later. It just annoyed me. That's all. All right. All right. I've had enough silly shit that I've been annoyed at. I'll let you have it. Imagine me and you... I do. Come on. I think about you day and night. It's only right. Come on, sing with me. So what's happened to Nick Cage in the intervening 362 days? Um, not a lot. His wife has kicked him out, but not left him. No, I think she has left him. I think okay. they have split up. As often happens when a child goes missing or is killed, the parents often split up. Oh, do you have experience? I have not told you about my ex-husband. Oh no! My dead child. No, oh. no, it's just a, a statistic that you is failed to quite well ghost, known yeah. because I watch a lot of true crime dramas. You do. Whoops. Uh, yes, so they have split up by the looks of it, but are still somewhat hankering for each other in their own separate ways. Mm. And Nicolas Cage has turned into Charlie Day from Always Sunny. Yeah, the Pepe Silver guy. Yeah. yeah, the massive board. Linking pictures with string. None of it really makes any sense because all we know is his son is missing and he literally has no clues to this at this point. Bearing in mind as well that the, the policeman who's or the detective who's in charge of the case mm. at multiple points says he's openly says he's suspicious that Nicolas Cage is the one who's involved. Yes. If the policeman slash detective went to Nicolas Cage's flat, he would see a wall full of missing child posters. <laughs> Which would immediately put Nicolas Cage smack bang in jail. Because he... I mean, that's circumstantial at best, sir. 
No, he's not. He's got pictures of missing children on the wall. Doesn't mean he did it. That would never hold up in a court of law. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, mate. Look, there's the one thing that the, there are many things that the New York Police Department are not, and lazy isn't one of them. <laughs> a, yeah, this film was also sponsored by the NYPD. A quote from the film. That was what was well. that guy's that actor's name? Uh, lyric. Lyric, lyric Bent. Lyric Bent. It's a very bizarre name. I love the name Lyric. That was real cool. But it was like L Y R. It was Lyric, I-Q. but with a Q instead of a C. Yeah, it was really. No, oh, I love it. Yeah, that's cool. He was kind of. I quite liked that actor. Yeah, he was good. I I was of the. I would have liked to have seen his film. Nicholas Cage is a supporting actor. Oh, where we think Nicholas Cage really has done it. And it's just a story of a cop coming to tell I mean we've all we've all seen that horror film a million times before where it's actually something supernatural but it's a cop denying that that sort of belief coming to his head I but mean I think that would have been interesting we've all seen this whole film a million times before it's yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street it's The Ring it's Final Destination it's got bits of all of these things. oh it's mainly insidious it's mainly insidious <laughs> it's mainly a Blumhouse film yeah because it does the Blumhouse thing of uh something's gonna happen Nothing happened. Oh shit! Something happened. <laughs> the Blumhouse thing. Yes. Um, it's a Blumhouse film. The Blumhouse went. Ah, no, not thanks. even us. Not even us are going to do this. <laughs> we we made, have more taste. Than we that. made Truth or Dare and Fantasy oh. Island. <laughs> they never try to pay the ghost. No, they pay the ghost. With the child. No, but they never tried. Like they when didn't the... do it on purpose. No, the kid just went. Let's pay the ghost. Yeah, and like, they did. When when he's wandering around trying to solve the mystery of his missing son, mm-hmm. and he keeps seeing the phrase "pay the ghost" everywhere, I would have tried to pay the ghost somehow. <laughs> I'd have worked out what the ghost wanted. Maybe a sacrifice. That's how you pay the ghost. I don't know. They never try and pay the ghost. Because they don't know who the ghost is, why should they pay the ghost? Because he's got the son, obviously. <laughs> it's such a nonsense phrase, pay the ghost. I don't know where they got it from. It's not but... particularly scary sounding. No. It doesn't sound creepy. It it makes Even it when just... it comes from the mouth of a tiny child, who we know are inherently creepy. Oh, because they have like a hundred of them. Tries and that's to the establish. scariest thing that could happen. Yeah. A child. <laughs> a child. <laughs> yeah. But even from the lips of a child, which is often quite creepy, you know, when kids say something, stop yeah. looking at me like that. No, it's Do you want just, me to say it again so it doesn't odd, sound so that's creepy? That's an odd choice. Um, even from the mouth of a child. That's fine. <laughs> even coming from a child, it all sounds wrong now. Yeah, it does all sound wrong. Even if a child says it. Even if a child says it. And children very often when they say weird things do sound creepy. Yeah. If they say something unusual, yeah. Maybe it's just because I'm terrified of children. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Um. Even when the kid is like, "Daddy, can we pay the ghost?" It's not scary. It's just not scary. No. It's just it's clunky. It's really clunky. Mm. Okay, let's. Should we spitball some alternatives to pay the ghost? Visit the ghost. Find. Oh no, mate. Find the ghost. I don't know. Provide retribution to the ghosts. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> S- 
direct debit to the ghost. PayPal the ghost. Standard standing order the phantom. Hey ghost, what's your Venmo? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just a really odd phrase. Mm-hmm. And particularly because the film isn't about giving something to the ghost. No, it's about the ghost taking things. Yeah. But pay the ghost to me sounds like it should be about like a sacrifice. You're trying to give something to the ghost. Mm. Like every year there's a spooky cult who sacrifice a child. And they pay the, the ghost. ghost every year. They yeah. pay this ghost who steals children and they give it one chill child each year so it doesn't steal all the children. They pay the ghost. That makes vague sense. Mm-hmm. This is just a film and then that phrase is kind of just like tacked into it. And I don't yeah. know why. the mum yes is in the house alone at night post kidnapping post kidnapping mm-hmm. and, and and stuff and post um uh, nicholas cage has tried to explain that uh, he is a ghost i keep seeing my boy and she's done the typical yeah it's not a ghost don't be stupid we get a sneak preview of the next season of black mirror <laughs> where um lying scooters turn sentient and try and kill people there's a sequence where a Razor scooter stands upright and just sort of rides around her house a bit. And wheels towards her. And then flaps over on the floor. <laughs> and the only thing that would have been more horrifying about it is if it did what actual Razor scooters did, which is smack you in the ankles. Because <laughs> um, that's all I remember from my childhood. Is, getting just, is this just a Callum thing? Did you ever have a Razor scooter? Is Razor like a brand? Razor's, I had one of those. Razor's little just thin the scooters. little metal, the the sort of aluminium metal folding scooters that everyone. Yes, had I did have one in, of those, in... but I was um I was under more threat of being pushed off it by my sister oh, okay. hitting me on the ankle. We did not share well. But yeah, because because they kind of spin freely. This is such <laughs> a weird dive because they spin freely. Yeah. They smack you in the ankles quite a lot, and because they're <laughs> Why quite. Why were you spinning it? Were you trying to do tricks? Yeah. Wow. Or you like pick it up, you pick it up to get it over a curb or whatever. Oh yeah, that does smack you. And in then the it shins. and then it like it like flick you in the shins. Yeah. And because they're just metal and there's no like rubber or plastic, they're just metal and it's just a sharp bruises for days. Yeah, it was nasty. <laughs> those those racer scooters. Honestly though, if Charlie Brooker wrote that, I'd watch it. I'd I'd, I'd watch anything he does at I this mean, point. I mean I think at this point, like, he's probably just searching for anything that's got some AI chips in. <laughs> And he's like, ah, um, Amazon. What if that took over the world this time? Yeah, what, a, this? what about the Prime Minister fucked an Amazon drone? Like, <laughs> what? On that note, though, I desperately, if I ever become a ghost, it's not really something I believe in, but if it were to happen yeah. by some twist of fate, I would like to be the ghost like the one in this film that just haunts really mundane shit. Like an old camcorder, a scooter, just an iPad. I want to be the ghost that haunts nonsense. Yeah, the the camcorder in particular, the the it's a really bad little cheap digital camcorder. And also, Nicolas Cage in the first scene he's in has an iPhone. Yeah. It's... Why is he making the kid film on a shitty camcorder when he's literally got an iPhone? I mean, I guess the idea is like because they say at one point. The policeman says, why didn't you phone the kid? 
Because he's seven, he doesn't have a phone. Because he's seven, he doesn't have a phone. So maybe your kid likes taking photos, so you might give them your old camcorder to play about with. Maybe? I mean, I think... I'm... I mean, the logic is there. I just don't like it. Okay. <laughs> you, you, just, you just don't like that I might have actually proved you wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> It's the thing is, is it's a rubbish little digital camcorder. Yeah. And the zoom on it is so good that not only can it zoom into a parallel dimension, <laughs> but then it can zoom from what maybe five, uh, sort of, uh, you know, like like a five it's minute, probably about hundred yards away. Yeah, hundred yards away from this house, through the front door of the house to all the possessed children that are hiding in the basement of the house. It's just like that ad for the phone. I can't remember what phone it is. But they take a picture on the phone and they try... Of a hot air balloon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they don't take a photo of the hot air balloon. They take a photo at the beach or something. It's a kid doing a backflip into a pool. Yes, and the advert tries to convince you that the zoom is so good that you could zoom in on a hot air balloon in the distance and see an old man waving at you. Yeah. It reminded (laughs) me of... um... Have you watched? Have I ever? Sh- have you ever watched Blade Runner? Yes. Yes. You know the sequence in Blade Runner where he's he's zooming in on the image in the TV on his apartment, <laughs> yeah. and and it's it's like future tech, so yeah. it could like look around enhance, corners. Enhance, enhance. It could like look around corners and like it looks at like the reflection in a glass. And yeah. Like it's like CSI. No, it's like National paranormal. Treasure Two. Do they when have an he enhanced takes a sequence? photo of some, was it the Statue of Liberty, the one in Paris? Oh yeah, with and the drone. And he enhances it stupidly large on a two thousand and four drone or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is essentially he's another professor in this film. He is basically. Well, you said when character. when you first saw him teaching, because mm. there's a sequence at the beginning where you see him teaching, and you see how good a teacher he is and why he deserves Even tenure. He's... He's terrible at reading poetry for an English professor. Well, I wrote, um, is he a teacher reading poetry to his students or is he an actor doing a rehearsed reading at the Hen and Chickens? <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a jobbing actor joke for you guys. Oh, that hurt deep. Because <laughs> that's what it seems like. Yeah. Well, I mean, he must be all right because the whole class laugh at him saying shit yeah. and laugh at his bad jokes and they fucking applaud him at the end of the lecture. And they're all... Is it a tradition that university students in America all wear not Halloween costumes... No. ...but Halloween headbands <laughs> or hats? Yeah. Because you can obviously tell that they didn't know what extras they were going to have that day to be the students, so they couldn't get costumes for them. So the person who was in charge of the costumes for the extras just bought a bunch of headbands. So all of the students are wearing like devil horns witches and hats, like witches hats. Cat ears. Yeah, none of them are in a costume, but they've all got the ears on. It's like they're all going out that night and they're going to put on something extraordinarily either short or really elaborate. Yeah. But they're not allowed to wear that for lectures because they also have to get through their day first. Yeah, but is it not... It's like they're pre-drunk. But you don't... I never when I went to uni we never dressed up for Halloween. It on no, campus. Not until the evening. Yeah. They're just they're I mean, in a lecture. But we both went to universities mm. for our degree. Did you ever once applaud the lecturer at the end of the day? At the end of a session or anything like that? Don't think so. 
But then yeah. my child was never abducted by a ghost as well, so... Ooh, oh, it is tough, isn't it? What's the logic here? Snickers <laughs> and mash. Sir. Bones and squeak. Smoky old pie. Sir. So I have a wild theory. Yeah. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage is the ghost. He is the ghost we are supposed to pay. I shall lay before you my evidence. Okay. Ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary people of the jury, I present to you the Nicolas Cage is a ghost theory. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He is emotionally distant. He is drifting through his life. He has lost his old life and his identity after the disappearance of his son. The psychic... There's a psychic who we might get onto, we might not. Yeah. It was bland. It was it was insidious. Yeah. <laughs> it was the scene from Insidious. Yeah. Middle aged psychic lady. Yeah. Meets a terrible end. She gets chucked about. She looks at him. It's when she's looking directly at Nicolas Cage that she realizes there's a spook outside. The window. That then subsequently kills her. He's the one, the only one, that crosses over into the other side. Nicholas Cage is the ghost we must pay, and he is getting paid by retrieving his son. Maybe here's a theory. Oh, come on, you didn't even <laughs> Maybe Nic You haven't even heard me out. Maybe Nicholas Cage isn't the ghost. Right. The IRS is. And oh. Nicholas Cage needs to pay the IRS. That makes so much sense. So that's why he's doing the film. <laughs> It's a very good theory. I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if the director was like, oh, I've got this really clever idea. Maybe you are the ghost. And Nicolas Cage is like, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, can I do a funny accent? And the guy goes, no, no. not really. Oh, okay, fine. But to fill the funny accent hole, we will have a German lady to play your best friend. Yes. Slash colleague. I think she's actually a German lady. I think she might actually be a German and I, lady. And the director, I can't remember his name, he is German as well. Oh, okay. So I that suspect that he would, he, she maybe worked with him before or is somewhat engaged, entangled, in love. I don't know. Are I mean, you just... saying women can't get jobs in films? No, I just get the, the I get the feeling that there's some friendship there, and it was when I get yeah. my first Hollywood film, it's I'll bring Helena you over. Bonham Carter. I'll bring you over, and you can be in my first Hollywood yes. film, kind of thing. I enjoyed her. She had the only bit of the film that I actually enjoyed, and that was her death. Not, <laughs> not because she died. Oh, it was But awful. the manner in which she died was terrible. So she's walking around this university campus that is very ornate. It's like abandoned Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... And um, she's leaving her office after having deciphered that the ghost is this... Uh, I was going to say Italian. She was Irish. The Irish, the Irish witch, lady. Yeah. Who they thought was a witch. Yeah. Who probably was a witch because she had a lot of occult stuff in her basement where the children were hiding. Yeah. She has found all that information out. She's leaving her office and already is like spooked. She's mm. looking around going, oh, spooky. Yeah. Abandoned school. Hmm. Could there be something over there? No. Could there be something in that dark corner? No. Oh, look, there's a witch! And uh, she gets thrown out of a third-story window and uh, falls on some spikes below. No oh. one finds her because no. we see her body in the credits, so she's just sort of lying outside the school in a building site area yeah she like falls into like a building site area and it is so badly cgi'd i it, actually laughed out loud yeah i, I mean you said it. she fell out of the window uh <laughs> what actually happened was a tony hawks pro skater 2 <laughs> character model got chucked out of the window 
Yeah, um, it was so bad. It just looks like pants. That was my favourite part. I loved it. It just looks like pants. And then the other the other weird CGI thing in the film is the, <laughs> the vultures. Several vultures. Vultures are used like a like a metaphor because they mean death, you know? And um they're kind of popping up all over the place and they're just really pointless. And yeah. no one's like, wait, I'm in this I'm in the centre of Manhattan. Why are there vultures everywhere? No one cares. Nicolas Cage looks at three of them. Oh, there's three of them yeah. on a dumpster. And he just goes, yeah, it's all right. I'm more interested in this graffiti over here. Yeah. It says a meaningless phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Why does the graffiti say pay the ghost? No, the no, question why is, why are there vultures? Why are there three vultures outside? <laughs> Can I jump towards the end of the film? If you must. I mean, have you got anything else to fill in? Uh, well, we haven't talked about the weird little Celtic cult. Oh, oh, yeah. Didn't, didn't you know? Didn't you know that 2015's best-selling Halloween costume was the Eyes Wide Shut collection from Spirit <laughs> Halloween? Well, I was thinking, <laughs> clearly they blew all their budget on Nicolas Cage's fancy cowboy shirt because they do this ritual every year where they turn yeah. up in their cloaks and their masks and they have the children involved so that the witch does not steal these children. Yeah. Because they know all about the witch, and mm-hmm. I've never thought to tell anyone, despite the fact children disappear on Halloween every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are taken by the switch. And they've all got shitty plastic, like, Poundland masks on. Like, like it's like Venice, kind of... It's not even that. They're walking around with, like, wolf faces and stuff that are clearly made of plastic and tied oh, on gosh. with string. And yeah. I just think, if you've been doing this every year, would you not put the effort in? Did you not get like a nice long lasting, yeah. not wasteful one? One thing I did like about I genuinely did quite like about that sequence mm-hmm. was that it wasn't they they made the point to establish that it wasn't that they actually believed in the pagan stuff necessarily. Mm-hmm. But they did it because it was a nice tradition and they were very interested in the pagan tradition. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, I mean, there's I a think bit where they, they definitely believed that the witch was going to take the children. They talk to the school teacher, and yes. she goes, "Oh, I don't, I don't know anything about this. It's just a nice tradition that we do." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, that's fun. It's nice to know that there isn't actually a pagan cult in the middle of New York because I don't believe that, but I do believe that there's a bunch of hippy dippy primary school teachers who like pagan stuff who get their kids to burn little raggedy Ann dolls every year." I was like, "That's kind of fun. That's kind of neat touch, I guess. I don't know." I'm clasping at straws here. I mean, it is kind of symptomatic of white people, isn't it? Oh, it's just a tradition we stole from somewhere. We don't really know what it means. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What do you mean? Actual people died. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just a fun tradition. Um. So at the end, mm-hmm. he decides to go back down into the sewers where... He met her. It was a sort of abandoned warehouse where lots yeah. of homeless people were staying. Yeah, he goes down there, he gets told, go over this bridge, you'll find the kids on the other side of the bridge. Oh, the Stranger Things Series 2 bridge. Yeah, it's a metal gangway bridge that leads to... Something they can easily put smoke around and, like, black out everything. Something where they only need to build, you know, a small amount, a cup, you know, they only need to build 10 feet of it. Yeah. And that's enough, and then they can just use the same Scooby-Doo rolling hallway thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And the yeah, main... so he goes to the Upside Down. Yeah, he goes there, he finds the kids, he brings them back. 
there was one bit that where where he's looking out over hundreds of kids all in different Halloween costumes. Mm-hmm. And they were all the kids who'd been abducted over the hundreds of years or whatever. All the ghost children. And there was a bit where I thought, because kids called Charlie, right? Mm-hmm. He calls out to Charlie and if, and some of them start putting their hands up. Mm-hmm. And then all, and then I was like, oh, that's cool that there are so many kids here that he can't just call out Charlie. That like, there's so many kids here that there's so many Charlies that he'll never mm-hmm. find his kid. And no, they all just put their hands up. They're doing Spartacus. I, do- I am Charlie. No, I am Charlie. No, I am Charlie. It was odd. I'm not sure what that was about. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Anyway, he gets his kid. He also takes two other kids with him. Because the witch takes three children every year. I actually paid attention to this. Oh, I didn't. The witch takes three children every year. And as I said, there is a statute of limitations on how long you can grieve for your child. So it's only the children from the year before that can be saved. Yeah, because... If they're there past a the year. subsequent Halloween, they are ghost Lost. children forever and they can't communicate with the living right-side-up world. Oh, that explains why um, Breaking Bad meth addict said that he only heard his kids that one year. Yes. And then, yeah. Um... He takes three kids. One of them's his. He does just steal three children. He just children. takes two other kids with him. I mean, to be fair, he is saving them from eternal damnation, I suppose. But maybe they're having a very nice life in that creepy old cottage. They they cross the bridge and the ghost witch lady comes back. The bridge which I've only literally just clicked as a metaphor for life and death. Yep. Death is on one oh, side wow. of the Wow, that took a long time. I'm disappointed in myself. And um, he has a little tussle with the ghost. Yes. But he can't defeat the ghost. So, a uh, kidnado <laughs> of kid ghosts comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it's impressive. This sort of big swirly storm of children ghosts all dressed in halloween outfits kind of just cgi around the place it's so bonkers shit looking it's wonderful and uh the ghost herself does a classic voldemort in that instead of doing the easy thing and throwing nicholas cage off the bridge she just throws him further down the bridge yeah yeah just throws him away but still on the bridge yeah but could just yeah lift him up chuck him over the edge yeah yeah like, Voldemort could have picked up that baby and thrown it out the window and it would be dead and that was it. <laughs> but no. Jesus. Why do it the muggle way? But wouldn't love have saved him? F- from falling out a window? <laughs> yeah, think, love. So. Yeah, love. love. Love's the answer. Um, and yeah, so Unless big... you're transgender, in which case oh, love Christ, apparently is not oh the answer. No. I will stop making Harry Potter references and I will stop talking about she who must not be named eventually i'm just still so angry about R- it rightly so rightly so yeah let's not get into that topic here listeners. i'm sure i'm sure you can uh, you can gauge what our opinion is on on that situation from our tone let's take a trip into a segment that i like to call help I'm trapped in a glass Nicolas Cage of emotion. Oh crikey, you have do you have an I do you have a clip? I was for hoping this? you did. No, because I don't. There's that one scene where he shows pretty much any emotion, which is where he is uh crying in his cowboy shirt. And he yeah. does like a weird half cry. He I'm cries, sad, but I'm he's also sad. breathing at the same time, so he's like <laughs> 
like that and that's all i'm not gonna be able to find that clip anywhere am i (laughs) but he does that doesn't he sorry what does he do (laughs) and he's like choking and crying at the same time it's some beautiful halloween asmr for you there listeners yeah but um disappointingly it's, not very cagey it's, it's a very um it's a very by the books Tame. performance um liam neeson in taken that kind of thing he's just doing he's just doing his job there's he's nothing just there extraordinary to be a dude yeah he's just there to be a white older actor yeah with a with a younger wife who is so hot in comparison to him, mm. she's she's just objectively very. The thing hot. is, is that wouldn't be a problem if it was only occasionally that that happened in films. It's every film, but it's every fucking film is a fifty-plus-year-old white actor with a thirty-two-year-old white wife. I mean, so we watched Hubie Halloween recently. <laughs> it was a terrible, terrible decision. Adam Sandler's Adam Hubie Halloween. Adam Sandler is the classic guy for this. In that he is always the love interest for some gorgeous woman who... The thing with Adam Sandler's choices in this situation mm-hmm. is that normally they're vaguely age-appropriate. They're just out yes. of his league. They're yeah. the right age, but they are just out of Adam Sandler's league. Yes. Particularly when you take into account a character like Hubie Dubois from Hubie Halloween, <laughs> who is a mustachioed man who is bonkers and projectile vomits and has a flask that i think he might have been intended to have some kind of learning disability but we're not really i sure. don't know he's just a very bizarre man yes he screams at everything yes and the mum from the mum from modern family adores him yeah like since childhood She's been, literally been pining for him for like I'm, 30 years. I could do a whole podcast on Hubie Halloween. Oh God, let's not. I mean, I'm going to do one on Jingle All The Way. I'm thinking a four episode retrospective on Jingle All The Way. <laughs> Look um, out for that on your pod feeds. But yeah, so yeah, there's a, there's a problem with that. And that's not just a Nicolas Cage problem. but No, he, that's a Hollywood problem. He does seem to be part of the problem when it yes. comes to that is that oh, there's a lot of cases of why is nicholas why is this beautiful young actress well i mean drive angry in... it's like amber heard is interested in nicholas cage I... are we sure is she really is she interested in is there a romantic thing happening there i don't know i don't necessarily. think there, is. there are definitely there were points where i was like is this what they're gonna do here yeah i don't think they did it though did they I mean, while we're talking no. about it, Eva Mendes and Nicolas oh, Cage yeah. and Ghost Rider. Oh, God, that hurt my heart. Because Poor I Eva think Mendes. that's when Nicolas Cage is probably his most ugly, which is bizarre because he's at least 10 years older now, mm. but he's sort of slightly matured into his face. Oh, he a definitely bit. has. Like, that was back when he was denying the fact that he was 47 and he was still trying to be 35. Um. Gosh, we are talking a lot about his age here. Yeah, this is really ageist of us. Sorry, guys. But the thing, like I said, if this was a once every four film, five film thing, I'd be like, fine. No, because once every four, five films is once every like six months for Nicolas Cage. This was a once every 27 pictures for (laughs) Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Then fine. But it's not. It's like every other fucking film. And that's the same with... 
Adam Sandler and Kevin James and just anyone in Hollywood. And, you know, it'll be me eventually if I ever get a Hollywood film. Because just putting it out into the universe, it could happen. Yeah. It's just the thing with Hollywood with these schlubby, normal-looking guys getting beautiful. Because women aren't allowed to look normal. Did no. you not hear that? No. No. Anyway, back to the point. The mum in this film is super hot. Yeah, she's she's, she's hot. Um, Yeah. That's the the end of the podcast. Bye. Anything else we got to add? I mean, we're clocking in on nearly 50 minutes on this episode so far. I mean, you're going to be able to cut like 90% of this out. I hope so. I thought we had nothing to talk about. No, I thought as well. Well, we did talk about Jingle all the way for 20 minutes. We have majorly diverted ourselves would you like some amazon reviews go on give me one or two quickly all right they're only little ones going in for some five stars okay this one i believe was written by someone who must have been on the production team somewhere i love how that's our go-to whenever there's a positive review for one of these films well it must have been someone who worked on the production (laughs) it's not a possibility that someone actually enjoyed this film of course not Geraldine Eva Stiles. Isn't that Dawn French's character from Vicar Dibley? I think that's what threw me off. <laughs> you don't get many Geraldines anymore. No, it's not a common name, is it? Awesome, brilliant film and great and prompt service along with good price. Ooh, great film, pay the ghost. I really enjoyed this film. Mr. Cage plays real great roles these days. This did not disappoint me. Need to watch it. You don't get many ghosty films now, which is a shame. Nice to have new stories and themes and smart films. Not always about the old boring slashers. Prefer acting and great stories and great actors who can act. Not the half attempt low budget film. We are not stupid anyway. This film you would like. Great Halloween story. Loved the price and loved it even more as it was fast delivery. I had few films I got and had good old film day, which I enjoyed very much. I would buy again from you. I'm very happy. Thanks. Smiley face with two mouths. Does this person realise that this is the Amazon review section of the website and not an auto journaling page? Where they're just supposed to write down every thought stream of consciousness style. That was beautiful. That was uh, my Oscar performance. (laughs) We are smart. Good DVD. Good delivery. (laughs) And now uh, for a one star review, just to round it out. Yeah. James Black. One star. Headline. Nick, you used to make good movies. What happened? (sighs) The review is two lines. Okay. Cage has lost it. James Black, private investigator, UK and international, brackets, Google me. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we Google him? Go on, give him a quick Google. Uh, James Black, private investigator. I'm going to have to get Do you reckon that gets him much foot traffic? What, by just leaving Amazon reviews? Yeah. I mean, it's one way of advertising Was he a private investigator? Yeah. Do you reckon he... (gasps) Was he... Did he private investigate the children going missing on Halloween? Well, my thinking was, do you reckon he finds films about children going missing? Or, what, or you know, he looks up films about people who might need private investigators and leaves reviews for them. He is on 3bestrated.co.uk. Okay. One of the three best private investigators in Solihull in the UK. Wow, are they that? A, a, a private investigator is that common? Loads in the West Midlands. 
Let's have a look. Who else have we got? Keith Parsons Inquiry. (laughs) We're just doing free advertising. Yeah. Here. Uh, Watkins Ward Group. Cheating partner surveillance they offer. What was what Ooh. was the what was the guy called? Uh, James Black. James Black I... offers a variety of legal services designed wait, to wait, reduce wait. solicitors' fees. What? Uh, I'd like to thank today's sponsors, James Black Private Investigators. If you use the code <laughs> Nick Cage Pod on his website, you get ten percent off your first order and a free pair of MeUndies. <laughs> so that has been pay the ghost you can watch this film on amazon prime if you are fucking demented um <laughs> if you already had a, have a subscription and you really want to do that to yourself do it hey don't pay for it yeah. man it's it's on prime it's free if you're vaguely interested you might as well would not recommend um but no i wouldn't recommend it's just a bit bland it's not bad it's just bland that's all However, I am looking forward to our next film. Well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, because we're going to try and rent it through Apple Plus? Apple Apple TV, TV? which is the only place supposedly in the UK you can rent it. Without buying it for £20 on DVD, which honestly... Uh, 20 quid at CEX, £74 on eBay they wanted for the DVD. We are hopefully going to watch another vaguely Halloween-y film in Vampire's Kiss. Uh, This is one of the most iconic Nicolas Cage freakout films. So we should have lots of material to talk about. Hopefully. Next time on this podcast is written on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Bye. Don't forget to pay the ghost. You owe him taxes. Oh, no. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to This Podcast is written on the back of the Declaration of Independence. If you've enjoyed the show, then maybe you could give us a subscription or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you download your podcasts from. You can also find us on all the usual social media channels as Nick Cage Pod. That's N-I-C-C-A-G-E-P-O-D. If you've really enjoyed it and would like to give us the equivalent of a cup of coffee over the internet, um, you can donate a small amount to our coffee page at ko-fi.com forward slash nickcagepod, again, slash n-i-c-c-a-g-e-p-o-d. Thank you very much for listening. Bye! Bye!